Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay, and I'll be talking about Titans, Season 1, Episode 8, Awkward. No, I'm sorry. The real title is Donna Troy. Yay, Donna Troy's here. Now normally my response would be, alright, we're going to be seeing Donna Troy, but we're seeing Donna Troy. Why did I say the title of this episode should have been Awkward? Because really from the get-go... Everything in this episode is absolutely awkward. And, you know, after last week's episode, I said, you know, the show started off not so great. It slowly built back up. After Jason Todd episode, I was kind of feeling hopeful. Then Asylum came, and now Donna Troy comes. And with her, I mean, you know, people say Raven is the harbinger of doom. I believe it's Donna Troy. And not because of anything she really does in this episode, just because... Her episode is the one where I, I just think, you know, the wheels are falling off the train, the train's going off the track, and, well, let, let's just jump right in and let's just talk about it, okay? So, we start with a flashback. We get little Dick Grayson. We get younger Donna Troy, because she is older than him, as she likes to remind him throughout this episode, she is older, smarter, and prettier. Hello! Okay, whatever. So, something I did like in this episode, I did like the fact that they're actually starting to acknowledge that they're, that the DC Universe does exist. They're talking about the Joker, and Batman, and Wonder Woman, and the Justice League. So, that was good. I really enjoyed that. And that's really about all I enjoyed in this episode, to be honest with you. So... For weeks now, as I'm talking about Titans, I've basically been saying the character that I've really latched onto is Dick Grayson. After last week, my faith was shaken. Well, episode eight, Donna Troy, you you just crushed my faith in in young Dick Grayson here. Um, and it really kind of starts right here with this flashback. So we see uh, apparently it's inside Stately Wayne Manor, or <clears throat> since this is the DC Universe dark and depressing way in manner. Um, Dick apparently is coming back uh, either... It's kind of hard to tell what's going on at first. It seems like apparently Wonder Woman has come over to talk to her good pal Batman about some Justice League business, and of course the sidekicks have to be shooed to the side. So Donna Troy was waiting for young Dick Grayson in his bedroom? Sure. Okay. Um... I mean, we could see that they're friends, and that was really nice to see that they were good friends. And right here, I kind of wondered, why is it this show about the two of them, um, Kid Flash, Speedy, Aqualad, the, because I'm thinking, I think I'm seeing the origin of the Teen Titans right here with, with these two, because they do have a conversation. I'll get to that in a second. But at the end, you know, she basically she basically tells Dick, you know, we sidekicks have to stick together. And, and, and as soon as she said that, I was like, well, there's the Teen Titans right there. Why aren't we why aren't we doing this show? You know, why are we doing this this? Whatever this is that I'm watching right now. But basically, Dick Grayson comes in. Yeah, you know, Joker's on the loose. He's killing people because he can do it, because he likes it. Batman and I tried to stop him. We couldn't do it. Oh, gosh, what's the point? I'm going to quit. Okay, who is this guy? Who is this kid? I just, I, I don't, I don't get him. It's, I, I feel like every week, either the writer 
I don't know, gets amnesia and forgets the character of Dick Grayson. They switch writers every week, and, you know, the new writer doesn't see the notes of the old writer. I don't I don't get what we're doing with Dick Grayson here. You know, he's he's he he can't wait for vengeance and you know and 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 to to fight crime with Batman, but you know, and I get it. Look, the Joker's not your run-of-the-mill villain. I mean, the Joker is is one of the worst villains out there in in the DC universe. Um you know, and I can get I could get if Robin was intimidated by him or scared by him or you know it's just like I've I've stared into the face of evil and I'll never be the same again it's just like gosh darn it Donna we failed I quit what alrighty so enough of the flashback ready for some more awkward moments because here come the awkward moments so as we know at the end of Asylum Rachel's reunited with her mom now look I understand for all of Rachel's life, she thought that Melissa, the woman who took care of her, she thought that Melissa was her mother, her, you know, Melissa is killed, and then, you know, a few days after this, uh, Rachel realizes, or she, she learns that her mother is really alive, Melissa was never her mother, and, you know, after not seeing her for 14 or 15 years, they're reunited. And look, I understand they're not going to have some big lovey-dovey relationship and just, you know, gee, I missed you, mom. Gosh, I missed you, Rachel. Um, I, I, there's going to be some awkwardness. There's going to be some, uh, you know, I mean, there, there was a scene where they're they're uh, looking out the window because... Um, Rachel's mom, you know, she's been locked in an asylum for five years. So she's uh, standing, you know, in this beautiful penthouse, an all glass penthouse, and she's staring out, you know, and she's, you know, kind of like, you know, haven't really seen a sunrise in five years. You know, so I get that beautiful scene. Uh, Rachel comes over to sit with her, and, you know, yeah, <clears throat> her mom is sort of like, do, do you mind if I put my arm around you? Because, yeah, you know, she's probably thinking, you know, this girl, this girl didn't even know I existed for her for her entire life. She didn't even know I was even alive. She just found out a few days ago. We just met yesterday. So, yeah, you know, she's not going to be all lovey-dovey and huggy with her. I get that. But just the way the scene was acted, I mean, I understand there's going to be some awkwardness, but this was incredibly awkward. Enter Beast Boy. Let's just crank up that awkwardness. Uh, again, I understand that he's going to feel awkward. Okay, Rachel and her mom are having a reunion. I'm kind of the third wheel here. I do kind of like Rachel, and that's her mom over there. This is really, really awkward. But the guy playing Garfield here, it was sort of like, it was sort of awkward. It was sort of like, wait, what scene am I in? Do I have any lines? Am I supposed to say something? I wonder if we're ever going to get socialized medicine here in America. Oh, wait, I'm filming a scene. I mean, he just looked lost. I'm like, what What am I watching here? Then we get the line of Dick and Corey. Ew, gross. Yes, Dick and Corey are together. Enter awkward scene number three. Now, seeing Dick and Corey together, look, they hooked up a couple episodes ago. Hey, Starfire and Robin, Nightwing, they're a couple. That's great. I couldn't care less that the actress playing Starfire is black. I really don't care great go for it have an interracial relationship that's great but can we make it a relationship i mean this is just i don't even know i mean i, I can't even say this is just a hookup like I, I i again seeing the two of them in bed together like you know in bed together just just laying there in the morning 
it looked really, really awkward. I mean, Starfire looked bored out of her mind. Dick looked like, I don't know, Dick looked like he wanted her to leave so he could play video games or something. Like, it, it's like all of a sudden in this episode, every member of the cast was just like their acting ability or acting knowledge just disappeared on them. Like, nobody knew how to act. So, this is where a lot of the awkwardness comes in with the acting. But now let's get into the awkwardness of the storytelling. So, again, Dick Grayson, who is this guy? I don't get him anymore. He's sort of like, okay, well, uh, you know, Rachel's safe, I guess. And, uh, yeah, I'm not Robin anymore. I burned the costume. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. So, yeah, goodbye. Uh, what? What, what? I mean... Think back to the beginning of the show, and I did hate that first episode, but think back to this. Episode one starts off with Rachel having a dream where she witnesses or or she sees Dick Grayson's parents getting murdered. Uh, she sees Dick Grayson. She realizes that she has to find this guy. This is the guy that's going to help her, protect her, whatever. She actually seeks him out, and when she does find him, she's like, it's you. You're the boy in the dream. You have to help me. You have to protect me. So, of course, you know... Dick Grayson, Robin, noble character. What does he do? Rachel, I'll absolutely help you. We're going to go to Washington and see some friends of mine, and I'm going to dump you off there. Oh, that didn't work out. I almost got one of them killed. Oh, okay, and Starfire found you. Okay, let's go, and hey, maybe I can dump you off with these nuns over here. I don't know. It's like the guy's looking to run every chance he could get. Um, It's... I mean, look, I get it. I understand it. You know, he's been saying it all season long. He doesn't want to be Robin. He wants to he wants to create, you know, a new identity for himself. And I don't mean a crime fighting identity, Uh, you know, an an identity. He wants to develop an identity for himself. He really looks at it as that he was Batman's weapon. You know, Batman trained him and raised him to be who he is. And he doesn't like it. And he wants to change. And that's great. That's what characters do. It's kind of like a hero's journey. This is great. But now it's just sort of like, uh... Yeah, the the writers really forgot to write us a story this week, so I'm just going to leave. Because Dick Grayson, master tactician, right? You know, I've had training, some serious serious training here. You know, he's 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 he shows some inklings of being a leader of this ragtag group, but when, you know, the storm there's kind of a calm in the storm now and things have settled down, it's sort of like, you know, okay, Dick, w- why don't you help these guys out now because Here's the thing. Here's the reality of it. You have essentially two teenagers, one of them who has some unknown power trapped inside of her, who's reunited with her mom, who we don't know who this woman is. I mean, come on now, Dick. You know, you knew not to go storm the asylum because it's probably heavily fortified, but now you're just sort of like uh, one unstable teenager, another teenager who I don't really know too much about, a woman who doesn't even know who she is, who's got really strange powers, who really has no problem killing people, uh, and a woman who happens to be, who says she's Rachel's mother, we know nothing about her, or anything, yeah, I, I'm just I'm just going to leave this mess. I'm just going to leave this hodgepodge. And, uh, yeah, good luck, guys. Um, I just, I don't get it. I understand he doesn't want to be Robin anymore. He wants to forge a new identity. But really? Like, you have no decency in you, Dick Grayson? I, I just don't know who these characters are. And, DC, what are you doing to me? You're really breaking my heart here. So pretty much right after that, you know, Dick just packs up. He's going to leave. 
uh, because he's going to go look for Donna Troy, his buddy Donna Troy. And again, you know, we should be happy. We should be thrilled to see Donna Troy. And again, I don't really have any complaints against the character, you know, Donna Troy in this series. I think I'm just kind of bagging on her because it's just, it just so happens to be her episode that kind of, it seems like this is the beginning of the end of this show. Um, so he, he travels and he finds Donna Troy and, you know, we find out that she's kind of semi-retired. She's no longer Wonder Girl, but she's she hasn't really hung up the tights. She basically tells Dick, you know, she's like, look, I kind of figured it out. You know, uh, I'm not Wonder Girl, but as Donna Troy, I can do a lot of good. And here's the thing. I actually did like that because let's not forget that she's Wonder Woman's protege. She's Diana's protege. And I could actually see her going to Diana and saying, look, I had a blast being Wonder Girl. I had a blast being your sidekick. I have to be my own woman now, and I have to really make an impact on this world. And I think with the abilities that I have, but with the skills that I have as Donna Troy, I could really make a difference out there. And I could see Diana giving her a hug, wishing her well, and, you know, saying, like, sister, go out there and make a difference in this world. Because to me, that's something that Wonder Woman would do. You know, Donna Troy probably came to her and said, you know, you know, Diana, you've inspired me, you know, you're Wonder Woman and that's great. I can't be Wonder Girl anymore, but I could be Donna Troy. And as Donna Troy, I could really make a difference out there. So I think that was really, really good. Um, but you know, again, the title of the show should have been awkward because now Dick Grayson shows up and it's like, he can't put two words together. He's, he's like a social moron all of a sudden it's almost like it's almost like he's very 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 slightly asperger's like he doesn't know how to interact with people i i don't get it and that's the thing is you know throughout the series i'm not picking up on that maybe because he's in robin mode maybe because he's in detective combat mode and once he's out of that he just doesn't know how to act but i mean really i mean here's the thing he was trained by Batman and he was raised by Bruce Wayne. So he's not out fighting crime every moment of his life. The kid had to go to school uh, when Batman, I'm sorry, when Bruce Wayne has to attend social functions, you know, his young ward Dick Grayson, of course, is going to go along with him. So he's going to learn how to interact in social situations. All of a sudden, he's completely forgotten about that. I mean, maybe he took too many shots to the head because, you know, here comes big, awkward scene. Donna Troy is a renowned photographer. Um, you know, her, her fit pictures are going to be displayed at a gallery. She invites, uh, she invites Dick along and she basically does it. She's like, Dick, learn, learn how to interact with people. Okay. You don't want to be Robin right now. I get it. That's fine. You got to be Dick Grayson. You got to go out there and talk to people. And it's a nightmare. And it's, and it's, I, I guess it's done for comedic effect, but I wasn't even, I was cringing. I'm like, this is horrible. This is awful. It's like, why why can't Dick Grayson carry on a conversation? I don't get it. There's there's nothing in his character, there's nothing in his personality that I've seen so far in this show that would lead me to believe that the guy's a social moron, that, you know, he's just a fighting machine and, you know, once the fighting stops, you know, he he just doesn't know what to do. He grew up with Bruce Wayne. The guy has gone to parties, okay? He's gone to social events. Hell, Donna Troy even tells him, she's like, pretend you're with Bruce on a yacht. And he gives the line, well, I used to get seasick. Okay, you know, Dick, whatever, all right? 
you know, maybe it was a good thing that he left the Titans because it's like all of a sudden now he's the most immature out of all of them. Hey, speaking of those Titans, what's going on with them? Well, you know, uh, Rachel's mom says, look, I got this house in Ohio. Yeah, I haven't been there in five years, but look, it's open to all of you. You're more than welcome there. Of course, Dick is like, I'm going to go look for my buddy and I'm leaving you guys. This nice, unstable team team here. Um, so they hop a train and they're traveling there. So now we get Beast Boy. So I remember, uh, you know, after Asylum, I was sort of saying, is he a vegan? Is he not a vegan? Well, again, they're on the train and he's looking at the dessert menu and he's looking at vegan desserts. Um, okay. So he does try to talk about the fact that he did kill a person and, you know, he confirmed it. I wasn't sure. I didn't know if he really maimed this guy, hurt him real bad. He definitely bit him. He drew blood, but, um, yeah, he killed this guy. And, uh, you know, he, he tries to deal with that. Starfire could not give a rat's behind about it. She's like, yeah, you killed him. Never be ashamed of that. You got to defend yourself. Again, this is the guy that Dick Grayson sort of left in charge of this group. You know, this morally ambiguous woman who doesn't even know who she is. And once she unlocks or figures out who she is... Maybe she's like 20 times worse than what she's presenting as right now. I mean, you know, she's just like, you know, don't be, don't be ashamed of that. Don't be afraid of that, man. Whatever. You know, you got to do what you got to do. And honestly, you're talking way too much. Go play with your cell phone. I'm going to go get drunk. Oh, and then, you know, she sees somebody checking her out. And at first I thought, okay, she's lonely for Dick. Grayson, that is. Um, you know, she's a little hurt by the fact that Dick left. You know, we do see that. So I thought, okay, maybe she's going to try to hook up with this guy. But no, she's very, very suspicious. She has every right to be because the guy is a agent, an FBI, a CIA. He's somebody. He basically, he recognizes her. Next thing we know, hey, guys, there's an obstruction on the tracks. We're stopping the train. Well, she knows what's going on. So she basically gets the team together. The train is going to stop, and she's like, look, get off the train. Uh, there's a crossroads somewhere over there. I'll meet you there. And, uh, you know, the police come on to apprehend her, and she's starting to get flashbacks. Ever since the asylum, she said that she's been starting to get flashbacks uh, into her into her memories, into her life of who she is. Uh, we see it looks like she's on board a ship. Uh, she's speaking an alien language. There's There's definitely something going on there. She's starting to get these flashbacks. But here's the thing. She doesn't know who she is yet, so she's still Corey Anders here. Well, the cops come to arrest her, and what does she do? Um, does she use hand-to-hand skill? Because we, we see she can fight hand-to-hand, and she does have strength. She just starts burning people. She blows up half the train, I think. It kind of looks like. I mean, again, did she murder those cops? You know, it's not really clear, but look, given the show and the tone and the way things are going, yeah, she killed those cops. Uh, then she hooks up with them and she's just like, all right, guys, let's get out of here. Let's go to Rachel's mom's house. Well, they get there and Rachel is finally like, look, I could heal people. Corey, let me help you out. As this is going on, you know, Donna Troy, undercover detective, um, she basically, she meets with a poacher. Uh, you know, she's a photographer. She wants to take pictures. The poacher is basically saying, I want you to expose all my competition. So I'm the last one left. Uh, you know, she's playing a very dangerous game here, you know, and again, she's not doing it as Wonder Girl. She's not going in there and busting up this poaching ring. She's doing it as renowned photographer Donna Troy. And, uh, you know, she basically has said, you know, 
Yeah, well, actually, what I should say, what happens is, is Dick Grayson comes in and he just starts swinging his lead pipe around and smacking people upside the head. You know, it's like, they're criminals. You can't let them go. And Donna's like, look, uh, he, he was a fish on a hook here. I was reeling him in. He was going to, you know, I was going to use him to bring down this entire poaching racket. You know, Dick, use your head. You know, so she basically says to him, she goes, look. You know, you don't want to be Robin, that's great. But you want to fight crime, that's great too. So go do it. And he's like, how, who, what? I was kind of waiting for her to be like, I don't know, call yourself Nightwing or something. But thank God they didn't do that. So what happened was, you know, Donna was very furious with Dick that she busted up her little scam here, you know, her her chance to bring down this poaching ring. So she actually posed like she was knocked out. She had Dick take pictures. So she's like, well, give me your phone. I'm going to use those pictures. Try to get back in this guy's good graces. It's when she notices the language uh, that we saw written up in that little storage unit that Corey had. Uh, and she's like, she could read it because she goes, it's based on Sumerian. Okay, so Corey is an alien. Her language is based on Sumerian or an offshoot of Sumerian. So are we talking ancient aliens here? Whatever. You know, I mean, that's that's the least of our worries right now. But, um, excuse me, but, uh, you know, she basically says, look, I can translate this. She goes and she gets some books. So we're now cutting back and forth between Raven healing Starfire and Donna and Dick racing towards them because Donna is translating it. And she goes, look, this is not an exact translation. She actually, you know, it's pretty good what she says here. She's like, you know how like Aloha and Shalom could mean both hello and goodbye. It's really the context of it. She's like, this message basically says that says that your friends is known as either the night or Starfire. So is she Starfire or is she going to be Blackfire commander? I don't know. I mean, that that was kind of my thought is, you know, because, again, if the message can go either way, she's either Starfire or she's Blackfire. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But she basically says, look, you know, your friend Rachel is known as the Raven and Corey's job is to either, you know, is to find her and and to take care of her, which could mean take care of her protector or of I'm going to take care of you. So they're racing towards there. Starfire is getting her memories back. Uh, flashes are coming back to her, and we end with her eyes glowing green, and she grabs Rachel by the throat. End scene, and we're done. And my God, that was the most awkward episode ever. Where are they going from here? So here are some thoughts about Titans on, on the DC streaming service here. DC has said, since they're not doing that great with the films, that starting with the Joaquin Phoenix Joker film, that it's going to take place like in an alternate universe, almost sort of like DC universes, like in Elseworlds, like a multiverse kind of thing. I am thinking and kind of hoping that Titans is like an Elseworld Titans. Like this is a Titans that takes place on another world where just pure insanity reigns because these characters look like nothing I have ever seen before. I, I just don't get it. I mean, they're killing without remorse, hesitation, discrimination. Um, I don't know. I'm just, look, hey, episode eight, we got nine, 10, 11. We got three more left. I'm going to hang in there. I promised. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick it out to the very end. So 
I will be back next week to talk about episode nine entitled what the no i don't know it's i didn't look at the name of it but we'll see later guys do me a favor head on over to www.brothersandarmchairs.com that'll link you up to all the podcasts within the brothers and armchair network of course your favorite stuff you don't need to know nerd and me enter the nerd zone defender of the realm fat guys in little coats this is jay and i will talk to you guys later